Yay. So thank you, Lucy, for joining me today. I want to hear the Lucy rundown. What is the 30 seconds all about Lucy Mug? Tell me all about you. Okay. So I born in Chicago. I grew up in Lakeview and I went to college in Connecticut. And when I was in college, I spent a semester in Washington and I just absolutely fell in love with DC and all that it offered. So after college, I went and I worked on Capitol Hill for five years. I worked on healthcare policy and I loved it. Um, but I missed sort of the normal city kind of life where a city was had just more of a diversity of options for employment. And so after five years, I, I met my husband, Matt, there. We decided to go back to Chicago. Um, my siblings, who are much older, were having kids, and it felt really right. Uh, so I've been back in Chicago in Lincoln Park for 27 years. And it made, oh, makes me feel very old. But it's also really been a very exciting and active 27 years. Um, and I worked in democratic politics here, and then I had three wonderful boys, and that sort of changed my focus a lot. Um, and then as they were growing up, and they became interested in politics too, and I kind of found the intersection of momming and politics, which I know you know really well, and about getting our younger people involved in their community on all different levels of engagement. Um, and then in 2016, I decided to run for committee, Democratic committeeman in my community, which is representing my ward, the 43rd Ward, which has about 50,000 residents and 30,000 registered voters. And the role of Democratic committeeman is to turn out the Democratic vote. Um, and I see that as an opportunity to engage the community and educate the community because I feel like people who are educated and are engaged will absolutely show up and vote. Um, this is a very smart community and they are very active on things like on presidential elections, but they might not be as knowledgeable about lower ballot races. And so I've seen that as a real opportunity to encourage engagement um, and further educate them. So it's been a very fun ride. It's been five years and I've loved it. I love that, Lucy. So I don't know, first of all, we talk democratic politics all the time, which is one of my favorite reasons to hang out with you always. But I don't know if you know this, I grew up in Lincoln Park and I went to Abraham Lincoln Elementary. And so where you live and where you're a committee person is my stomping grounds from when I was a kiddo. And I grew up in the Boys Town area. And so um, I love everything about your community. And I think it's fantastic that you raised your three boys there. Um, I do love being in DC, but I appreciate you wanting to come back to Chicago. I feel like that for me, me just feels like home as well. You just mentioned that for the past five years, you've been the Democratic committee person. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that all works? Like, why are there committee people? How do they work with other committee people? And how does that work here in Illinois? Tell us all about it. Well, so it has an interesting history. I think being a committee person in the uh, daily was a whole different gig than it is now. Those were the work bosses. Those were the people who gave, who, if you did precinct work for them, you were successful turning out the precinct. You could be, you could be rewarded with jobs um, for your constituents. I think it is very different, obviously, now because their patronage isn't the same thing. Um, so I think 
there are 80 committeemen, so from all 50 wards and 30 townships, and I think everybody kind of does it their own way because it's an unpaid job and it's kind of what you make it. And I think people are just representing their different communities differently. Um, for my community, I think it is a very educated and informed group and they like to get involved. So for me, it's just finding a million different ways that people can be involved in their community. Some political and actually some of it just being like good citizens and good neighbors. So whether it is in the sort of down political, when it's like the off political season, um, doing like a cooking class online and then making 200 lasagnas and giving them to the homeless shelter or supporting our neighborhood schools with backpacks and you know school supplies um during COVID, i mean a lot of it was like collecting supplies for some of and and baked goods honestly for some of the organizations like shelters and little sisters of the poor that are in the neighborhood so um and then the actual job job again is turning out the democratic vote so we work with the board of elections we identify help them identify polling locations, help them staff the polling locations with election judges who have to be trained. Um, and then it is also slating candidates. It's a very large role and that's when the party comes together, um, traditionally six, maybe six months before the primary and they help pick the party's slate, which would be you know, anything from judges all the way up to governor. Um, so, for me, that's been an interesting thing too, because one of my priorities is helping to elect younger people and women. And so I have been heavily involved in many different races uh, for young people and women who are running for statewide office all the way to aldermen. Um, and that's really been fun for me because politics is my joy and I love connecting other people, whether they are young students or really angry older people who are pissed off about Trump and who wanted to actually do something, it was giving them tools and opportunities to engage. So I love sharing my passion with my community and I know you do too. You just said this one line that really resonates with me and that is politics is your joy. And I completely agree with you a thousand percent and having the opportunity to help people get elected and help them get involved is just so important. Recently, you helped Margaret Croak, who's one of our representatives, get elected. And that was an awesome race. Tell us a little bit more. How do you find people to run and how do you slate people? So finding people to run, I think sometimes people find me or in Margaret's case, we had intersected on multiple. I worked with her when she worked for Commissioner Gaynor and she did off the sidelines. Then we worked together when she ran uh, women or she ran the field operation for Hillary for the state of Illinois. And then she ran women for JB and she did a fantastic job. So I got to know her. I knew she lived in the community and then an opportunity just, you know, popped up where Senator Cullerton retired kind of shockingly and um, State Representative Sarah Feigenholz, who had been in office for 24 years and was fantastic, wanted to seek the Senate seat. So it was like a very quick early morning phone call to Margaret where I was like, oh my God, do you want to do this? You should do this. This would be amazing. And she was like, yes, yes, yes. And of course, she was like eight and a half months pregnant. Um, and there was a very limited time to get on the ballot because um, 
it was at the very end of petitions. Um, but she's a rock star and she did it. So oftentimes people present themselves to me and say that they want to run. There's the I Will program that is amazing. Margaret is a graduate of it. There are a bunch of people that have gone through that process and that sort of is a competitive program that trains uh, women to run for office. It's a year long program. Um, and a lot of the graduates from there have decided, you know, have said that they want to run. The, the problem is that we have this fantastic bench, but it's just a lot of the people have been in office for a very long time and it just, there isn't a lot of movement. So um, you got to jump when an opportunity presents itself um, because it's so rare for a retirement. Thank you for all you're doing as committee person in your area. And I think that what you just described right now with how there's the movement and then, you know, there's seats that open and those moments happen. And we got to watch you in action, mobilize alongside Margaret in that short window to get her on the ballot and really secure that representative, you know, that seat. I will tell you that as the Illinois State Chair Vote Mama, I am all about women eight and a half, eight and a half months pregnant, getting elected and being in office. And Margaret has been such a great voice for not only your community, but all of our communities. And it's just wonderful seeing you um, identify candidates and help them run. So, you know, that committee person role, you guys do slating, you work on get out the vote, and you find candidates to run for office and help them get elected. So many important things in order to make sure that our democratic voice continues in the community. And we're so grateful for all that you do as committee person. Tell us a little bit more. What else do you do? Are you on any boards? What else are you working on these days? So um, I am, I have been on the board of Chicago Ideas Week, which is not really happening at this moment. I've been on the board of my temple. I've been very involved with Parents Association at my kids' school. My kids have been Francis Parker for 19 years. We are at the end of the road with my baby being a senior. Um, so I've been very involved in that. I was very involved with the Cool Globes movement, which was an art exhibit started in Chicago in 2007, which was like 150 globes along the lakefront that each globe was uh, decorated by an artist and it gave an example of something you could do to counter um, climate change. And that has gone all traveled all around the world um, since 2007. That has been a big source of pride for me. And it was an incredibly collaborative group of people, some from the political field, some from the art world, some from the activist world, coming together. It was a lot of women, a lot of moms doing it at night while our kids were, were asleep. But we pulled off this incredible thing that is still growing strong 14 years later. Um, as far as organizations I love to support, I do support Planned Parenthood and Personal Pack. I, obviously, we all feel very strongly about reproductive choice and opportunity for women. And I'm also really supportive of organizations that are um, addressing voter access and fairness, because I feel like the past four years have that has taken on just a whole nother level. Um, and seeing how fair and open we are here in, in Illinois just infuriates me when you see other states, you know, coming, creating creative uh, blocks for people to be able to participate in an election. So those are kind of my jam. Those are the things that really get me going the most. Um, and just things in my community and my neighborhood. Um, 
this jam that you're talking about, it really is what I, you know, consider that trifecta bleed of things coming together. And so, you know, working with your children side by side, helping raise them while engaged in the community, both in those like social action items, but also those democratic value actions. That's really um, the jam that I've been living and I'm taking my kiddos on that path as well. And so it's great seeing other moms in that mix too. And um, I, you know, soon I'm gonna get to say that my kids were at a school for 19 years and I can't believe your baby's a senior in my mind. He's like permanently 11 years old. And so it's always funny how that happens with kids that are like imprinted from that age that you first meet them. Um, tell us a little bit more about, you know, getting your kids involved and really some of the initiatives that you've done around pro-choice values and just making sure that reproductive rights are seen and heard not only here in Illinois, but nationally. And I know how important this has been for you as you're finding candidates to run, but also in the work that you do and kind of where those organizations you support. Tell us more about it. Yeah. So for, as far as my kids, they ha I we started, I remember in 2008, taking my son who must have been 10 and a bunch of other kids, actually with Melissa Wyde and her son, we went to Indiana for Obama. And watching him, you know, read a script and go door to door with the moms kind of as the backup, but like, here is the, here it is with the kid, talk to the voter, tell her, tell them why you're here, tell them who you're supporting, ask them the questions. It was awesome. It was so much fun. I mean, knocking on doors is always fun, but it was just a whole nother dimension with my kids. Um, and I think I had taken them to rallies and things before, but I just vividly knocking on doors with them and how it mm -hmm. felt because you're interfaced with a person who, you know, might not care that you're there or might be for the opponent. I mean, you don't know. Um, and so that really struck me. So we did a lot of that. I mean, there was obviously so much enthusiasm for Obama from Chicago, but it was a lot of going to Michigan and going to Indiana. Um, and that felt so good. And I think that kind of defined me in my maybe group of friends or my neighborhood is like, she's the one who's really political. If you want to get involved, like ask her, she, if she can't get you involved and like tell you who to talk to, or she can tell you what the next steps are. Um, and I think that what sort of was in my mind when I was like, I want to do this role of committeeman because I don't want to run for alderman. I don't want to run for state rep. I don't want to be a legislator. I want to be the person that is doing the democratic work of connecting people and recruiting people and hopefully just electing more people um, who are younger. You know, I want to shake it up. I'm 54 and I'm probably, I'm not like one of the youngest committee men, but I'm definitely in the top 10 of youngest out of 80 and you know, that's crazy. And then sometimes when you go to some pro-choice events, I feel like I'm not, I mean, I'm sure you're very young in the room. Like I still feel really young in that. It's like, do the, do the people, not only the women, but do the people who are 20 and 30, do they care about this issue? Is this burning them up? Maybe Texas is the wake up call that you need, but sometimes I'm feeling like this isn't the same reproductive rights. Doesn't feel the same for this generation as it did when I was that age. And that terrifies me as you kind of look at the national map and you look down the road because it's coming and um, it's, it's frightening. 
You just brought up two really important things, and that is this generational shift in politics. This is happening on both sides of the aisle. I find that Republicans are really gearing themselves up nicely. They know that that younger generation is their future and they're planting their seeds. I think that the Democratic Party is lagging a little bit, and we do see that we're having trouble engaging those 20, 30s, 40-year-old somethings to get in the mix. And I agree with you. Often when we're attending these events, you know, I feel like one of the younger folks, I happen to be co-chair of membership for Invest to Elect, and I'm their youngest member, which was so complimentary, but felt so weird because we should have so many women involved in investing into candidates. And it should not be something that, you know, you have to feel like you, you've, you've graduated into some, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s in order to do it. I feel like really empowering younger women and, you know, younger folks in general to get involved is just so important. And so um, I think that just really talking about that generational shift and really making sure that we're building that bench and bringing younger people into the mix is so important. And then you just mentioned as well that, you know, those pro-choice values, that might not be the movement of this younger generation. And often I've noticed that some folks don't know Roe v. Wade. They don't know the story behind it. They don't know why. And I think really here in Illinois that that access to safe women's health care and access um, to taking care of yourself is so readily available that sometimes we don't realize that it's not that way throughout the nation. And what just happened in Texas is really terrifying. And we know that the Republican Party really lined themselves up with the Supreme Court and just really judges everywhere. Um, even in our own state, we've seen some really hot races. Um, we have a couple of Supreme Court seats even here in Illinois that are off just so critical in order to protect people. How do you see this playing out and where do you think things are going on the national level and how does Illinois play into that? I mean, the national level feels terrifying. I think Illinois feels comforting and safe. And I think that there are so many people dedicated in Illinois to make sure that it will be this island of blue, but the national picture, honestly, just makes me so sad and so scared because as you also mentioned, the federal bench, I mean, they're, they have been putting in very young, very conservative. I mean, they've been super crafty. Um, it, it really worries me for the rest, for our generation and for your tiny kids. I mean, both of you, cause it's, this is going to be decades. Um, I do want to touch on one other thing which you talked about, about invest Let, because it really did trigger something for me. I, I think it is the women running for office have such a harder time than men do raising money. And it's, it, 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 even if you are a fantastic woman and you have been, you, this is not your first time running, you are running from a position, you're trying to maybe seek a higher position. It is so much harder for women to raise money. And it seems, it, not that women should only be raising money women, but also aside, women don't write checks the same way that men do. And so I'm disappointed to hear that you're like the youngest person. I'm super proud of you that you're there, <laughs> but I'm not surprised because it's like, it takes so much to get women to, to give. And I don't know if it's, you know, the, some of these older women, maybe it's just at a different point in their life. So they have more disposable income, but they've also just like seen it or they're just so pissed off that they want to make a difference. But I just wish that we had that success. It, it just seems so much easier for women to, to say, no, I'm not going to give to that or I'm going to skip it or whatever. Because a guy kind of understands that that's just 
part of the do's or part of, you know, how it goes. And it, I don't really take it. And I'm like, do we need to start a pack, a local pack, just to give the women first time candidates? I, I don't know what the answer is. And there are already so many organizations that do that. But um, I do remember Claire McCaskill, like giving some story, maybe you've heard her tell this story about the blouse or whatever, where she's like in my closet, there's this blouse that I bought. I was really excited about it. I kept the tags on it. I've never worn it. It really makes me mad. I can't return it. It was blah, blah, blah money. And now I just want to give that amount of money or more to any of these candidates because I feel like it's a better investment than this dumb blouse, which is staring at me with the tags on. And I, it seems kind of simple, but I think it's actually something that people could, can relate to. Um, I don't know, but this is something it's so relatable, Lucy. And it's funny that you mentioned this clothing concept because I have been on that side as a candidate asking women for money. And often there was like a myriad of things. I got to talk to my partner about it. I got to go to yoga over it. I'm going to go to church first. And there was all these like barriers to entry. But then moments later on Facebook, they're posting that they just bought, you know, a pair of jeans for wow. I'm like, wow. So you can buy jeans for $300, but you can't invest in your community. And so I think that there's really a disconnect for women in their giving, but also understanding the power of putting their money where their mouth is. And if they want to see the values they care about. And, you know, if it's women's health care or it's the environment or if it's education, whatever their cause might be, there's some kind of disconnect between them and investing into candidates that way. And so I am hopeful that Invest2Elect, we can bring in some of these younger folks. And of course, you know, with age, there is more disposable income. And I agree with you, that's part of it. But everyone has the ability to give something, even if it's, you know, the smaller donations. And I always use JB as an example. If JB is giving hundreds of thousands of dollars, that's the equivalent of everyday people like me and you giving a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. And so there's no way we can give at the same level as other folks, but we can give normal contributions that really further those missions. Are there any candidates right now that you're supporting that we should know about? Well, Anna Valencia is our city, the Chicago city clerk. I know you love her too. She is running for Illinois secretary of state. She is a perfect example of somebody who is so smart, so creative, so honest, so hardworking. She takes a, took a position that was basically about city you know, vehicle registration and I think actually dog reg registration too, and then has found opportunities to expand the office, to just make it more inclusive. I mean, there were thousands of Chicago residents that couldn't pay their parking tickets. And she came up with a very clever way of helping people pay them down. And so it was also, it was about people's dignity, but it was also revenue for the city that the city wasn't collecting. So I just love that about her. Um, and I think she'll be a fantastic Secretary of State. She has a young child, like a lovely young family. She's from downstate Illinois, but she's had a really big political career in Chicago. Um, I think everyone who has worked with her knows that she's super smart and hardworking and really honest. And she's doing it because she wants to do this job. So I think really excited about her candidacy. Um, and I'm excited to share her with people. So I've taken her and introduced her to many people, even up New Trier, and some older women who had said they had wanted to get involved in 
sort of discover some of these younger candidates. And I was like, oh my God, I have younger candidates for you. Like this is, these people are the future. Um, and she's just so impressive. So um, I'm thrilled. Really agree. Loving Valencia. I yeah. really, I can't wait for her to be the next secretary of state here in Illinois. I think she is the right person at the right time. And it's just a perfect example of somebody who is putting in the hard work and really understanding everyday people. Um, and of course, we love it that she's a mom and has a, a young kiddo and you know, a young family. So before we wrap up today, Lucy, I got one big question for you. Can you tell us your best parenting tip? Okay. My best parenting tip. Um, well, I'm super in, I'm in a reflective point, right? Because I have two out and one that I'm, we're staring at every night till he leaves, um, probably 50 weeks or something. Um, so our, my themes, I guess would be family dinners, which seems super obvious, but like love the Sunday dinner with extended family or other families. Um, do it during the week, recognizing that that doesn't always happen um, game nights, just little traditions that your kids can look forward to. And then you can look back, you know, over the years as they go on and then just getting your kids, keeping your kids involved in the community. It's just really good lessons about like a homeless shelter that is in your neighborhood or planning your block party. I mean, getting to know your neighbors on a community level so that then if you are a politically active person, you can also reach out to them later. You already know them and you can reach out to them about your candidate or about do they want to work on Election Day or do they want their kid to work on Election Day or whatever it is. But engaging on the community level first. Um, and that's just a really good lesson for the kids, too. And it also helps, you know, in a rainstorm if somebody sees someone else's house flooding or if it's a snowstorm and I mean my kids would make so much money going door to door in the neighborhood like shoveling and they love that because they knew you know they could call them people on their block so um yeah community starts at home and I think community is kind of the key to politics I love it Lucy thank you for all those tips and I agree with you uh having dinner together is such a critical juncture and it really brings folks together and I think that for the kids it really gives them some normalcy and something to look forward to and a place where they can either vent or celebrate or at least be together and know that it's a safe space so I love that thank you